a reading from Zen Master Dojin. Kind mind is parental mind. Just as parents care for their children, you should bear in mind the three treasures. Even poor, suffering people raise their children with deep love. Their hearts cannot be understood by others. This can be known only when you become a father or mother. They do not care whether they themselves are rich or poor. Their only concern is that their children will grow up. They pay no attention to whether they themselves are cold or hot, but cover their children to protect them from the cold or shield them from the hot sun. This is extreme kindness. Only those who have aroused this mind can know it, and only those who practice this mind can understand it. Therefore, you should look after water and grain with compassionate care, as though tending your own children. Thank you, Andy. So our theme today is, is the parental mind. And we're coming to the end uh, of the series that we've been running about service and about service being the final point of the spiritual journey. We began by looking at the idea that we have to develop an understanding of the nature of reality in order to be able to see the best place for us to serve. We have to understand the nature of all reality to know where is the best place for us to serve. I love the idea that to someone in a sailboat in the middle of an ocean, the ocean looks round. When he looks around, the, the ocean looks completely round. There's water as far as you can see. But if you go up in a helicopter to a great height, the land appears and the ocean looks a completely different shape. And you can see that the way we, we live our lives is all really about perspective, about the greater perspective. And the greater the perspective you have, the more appropriate your action can be, which is why we use spiritual practice to develop the wisdom to understand what that contribution might be. And that contribution, as I said before, will be different for each of us, as each of us has a unique relationship with the universe. No one contribution is better than any other. And if they're offered in love, with no expectation of return, then they equally fulfill the purpose of the divine nature that is unfolding within all creation. And it's the very act of service in giving with no expectation of return. In doing that, we speak the language of the universe and we give love unto love and therefore become part of that evolution. But I think it's easy, you know, to get caught up in trying to work out what the right thing is to do, you know, to do all of this right. And inevitably, we don't, we don't always get it right, at least in our own minds. And therefore, I think that reading is really important. The idea that we, 
approach everything in our lives with a parental mind. And that includes ourselves. To have that kindness for ourselves. That lovely idea from the Dalai Lama. He said that my religion is kindness. What's being said in that reading is that in all that we do, we should do it with the parental mind, with that loving mind. Even when we're looking after water and grain. In other words, everything deserves kindness. This reading that Andy read today comes from Master Dojin's Instruction to a Tenzo. Now, a tenzo, anyone know what a tenzo is? A tenzo is a cook in a monastery. And these instructions say that we should bring the same rigor to, of meditation, the same rigor of love to the practice of preparing food in the monastery. It's one of my favorite, I, I love uh, monastery stories, one of my favorite monastery stories which I, I'm sure some of you have heard before, but, you know, after four years, you'll hear a lot of these things twice. But the story about the abbot that died and members of the order, in order to find out who is going to be the next abbot, members of the order were asked to say why they should become the next abbot, to put up their wisdom in order for people to see why they should be the next abbot. And a blackboard was erected in a courtyard and applicants were invited to submit their ideas. Now, the, the favorite was the abbot's deputy. Uh, and he, he actually was going to, thought, you know, wanted to inherit the title. And he wrote on the, on the board that the mind is like a polished mirror. And not until every speck of dust is removed from that mirror will the mind become clear and enlightenment attained. And he then went on to explain the nature of the mirror and the nature of the speck of dust in relationship to the mind. And he wrote it all up. And the contribution was admired by everybody for its eruditeness and, and its simplicity and, and the way that it was, uh, it was put. Anyway, one morning, they all came up for breakfast and discovered someone had scrawled chalk all over this erudite saying, and had simply written on, on the bottom, what polished mirror, what speck of dust. Now the head monks immediately, the admin board immediately launched an investigation to find out who had done this thing. And when they had an exhaustive uh, inquiry, they find out it was one of the junior cooks who'd done it. So they took the junior cook and they immediately made him the next abbot. Because the thing that the cook realized that no one else had realized was that that whole dilemma of the greater self and the smaller self, the speck of dust or dealing with it, it's all an illusion. There's no dilemma and there's no decision to make because the very fact that you make a distinction between the greater self and the smaller self is in fact an illusion. The very fact that you do that is an error in itself. And it's significant that it was a cook that made the observation. Because often, in, in Zen monasteries, the cook was a stage to becoming an enlightened master. 
And the reason the cook was a stage to become an enlightened master, because they had to deal with the reality of life as well as the rarefied things of life. And if you read Dojin's book, there's a whole section on you know, how to be a good cook from, a, from that perspective. In fact, there's no difference between the rarefied stuff and, and the doing on a day-to-day basis. So the parental mind or kindness really needs to be applied to absolutely everything we do. In that reading, it refers to the three treasures. It says that a parental mind is used for the three treasures. And the three treasures are the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Now, if you translate that into Christian terms, uh, in Christian terminology, the Buddha is the Christ nature, the essential divine nature within us all. Uh, the Dharma is the ground of all being, is, is the essence that's written in the scriptures, the essence that we participate in, the ground of all being. And the Sangha is the community. So they're really saying that everything you do has to be looked after. Just like parents care for their children, so we should bear in mind the living out of our lives in those three treasures. We should have kindness of parents towards our attitude to the Christ nature, to the ground of all being, and the community that we're part of. And I think that that really takes away the temptation to be forceful, to be willful, or dogmatic about the approach that we have towards what we're about. And I think it's important not to make people feel guilty about, about what they're doing or they're not doing. And we shouldn't feel guilty for ourselves about what we're doing and what we're not doing. And I think one of the key aspects of the parental mind is to be kind to yourself. You know, we should forgive ourselves for our shortcomings and the shortcomings of others in the same way as the kindness of the parental mind. And we have to forgive ourselves. We all make some mistakes. I do. I mean, last week, unfortunately, I prayed for Mimi's mother, who I said had died. And in fact, her father had died. And we were praying for her mother because they'd been married for 70 years and it was a huge loss. Mimi was very kind to me after. She said, don't worry about it, it's absolutely fine. But, you know, there was a huge temptation, you know, to beat myself up for doing something wrong. And that does happen a lot in my job. You can do... By way of now, I tell you the worst thing I've ever done in these sort of circumstances. It's very tempting when you're doing sort of, a, sort, of a, sort of this sort of work. You know, people tend to say, well, yeah, that's marvellous, well done. And you just, your ego just grows. And in my last church, I used to uh, do a sort of elderly communion for the elderly ladies of the parish. And, and they were all terribly kind to me. They said, oh, wonderful your communion is. And I used to swan in my robes and they, they used to welcome me. And, uh, you know, just, just the, the whole thing was a lovely experience for me. And I, I was doing the communion and I was saying, you know, first of all, you do your, your you know, say your, we're doing communion today, we say your bits. And then, uh, and then you, you know, give out the bread and all that sort of business. And I did all that. And then after it's all done, you have to finish up the wine. And because uh, in, in, you know, in those... In that environment, you had any wine that was consecrated, you have to finish up. So anyway, at this particular wine, I finished up the wine. I thought there was quite a lot of wine this time, so I drank it all down. <laughs> and I went off to my, my uh, office and then came back in my rose to tell me how marvellously I'd done, you know, in the communion. And one of the old ladies came up to me and said, was there any reason why we didn't get any wine today? <laughs> and all 
It's like I give an ounce of bread and then totally forgot to give it and then take anything and just drunk it all the time. I mean, really, reflecting on that was just so embarrassing. You know, you can actually write 2,000 word essays about what they said about myself. But, you know, you've really got to forgive yourself for things that happen. I mean, we have it all the time. That parade, unless you're able to forgive yourself. And, you know, it's, and it's our ego that doesn't forgive ourselves because we, see, we still want to control things. And we don't forgive ourselves because we realize the mess that we've made means that we're not in control anymore. So we just beat ourselves up. So we've got to forgive ourselves with our parental mind. It's really important to do that. The first protocol for kindness then is ourselves and how we do in, you know, in our practice. And then kindness to others. Not blaming them. But whatever happens, still loving them. Our role is to, when we feel that pain, I, I read something that Evelyn Underhill wrote recently, which is said that the whole thing about meditation is not, not to get some great point of enlightenment and things like that. It's to be able to feel the pain that we have and not blame others for it. It's to be able to have that pain in ourselves and still come out with kindness. Because we're given that pain as a vehicle for our own transformation to transform the feeling, to transform ourselves, and then to go out with love. And in doing that, we actually perform that love of the universe and we speak the language of the universe. Loving people with no expectation of return, the parental mind. And then there's plants and animals and all that's around us. And the things we use, the reason... Obviously, that Dojin mentions water and grain is because he's talking to cooks and they use water and grain all the time. And he's saying you should use, you should treat the water and the grain with the same kindness that you treat everything else. All of it deserves the parental kindness. It means treating everything with the same kindness, even Alexa. I hear my son shouting at Alexa in his room, and I'm horrified that there's no please or thank you. It's just, Alexa, turn out the light, you know. In fact, I, I find out we mistakenly bought Jessica a kid's Alexa. And in the kid's Alexa, they have to say please and thank you for it to work. Which I thought was very interesting that they, of course, she rejected it. We had to send it back and get another one in. So, I don't want that, Dad. I want it on a proper one, anyway. So... Yeah. <laughs> you can't say to your son, say please to Alexa Samuel. But anyway. Because it's not the person or the plant or the animal or the thing that's important. It's the doingness and our beingness that matters. That's really what, what matters. The fact that we're treating everything with the same parental mind, with no expectation of return, is the key in our acting in a loving way to all that's around us. And it's a lovely thought, isn't it? That everything we treat, we treat as if they are our children. And it just gives a sense that you're looking after everything. And of course, that includes the planet. We must look after the planet with a parental mind, treating the planet with care and consideration rather than grabbing it and exploiting it in every way that we can. Because the planet is our home and as such deserves to be looked after. And if we look after the planet, it will look after us. If we don't look after the planet, then there's going to be disaster. And I love that phrase in the reading that even poor or suffering people raise their children with deep love. Their hearts cannot be understood by others. 
This can only be known when you become a father or mother. And that could be a father or mother to anything. Some of this stuff about caring for water and grain, you know, it seems mad to those who've not adopted the parental mind to their whole lives. But for those who have, for those who see there is no division between themselves and the universe, for those who feel intimately connected to the universe, who see it as their father and mother, who see themselves as its father and mother in turn, then the only response is to act out of deep love. Because there is no speck of dust. There is no mirror to polish. There is only the open flu in ourselves being one with the universe. And people will say that we're mad. You know, how can a rock mind if you treat it badly or not? But the important thing is not the rock, but the fact you're treating anything badly, anything without love or respect. Because how you're being is more important than what you're doing. You know, I know Martin is a sculptor. You have to treat rocks with love, and they then reveal themselves. And, and it's everything, agriculture, the whole gamut of things that we're a part of. Being the loving presence is more powerful than doing things that are supposed to be loving. I love that verse in, in Psalm 127, which says, Unless the Lord builds the house... The builders build in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. No matter how great our ideas are, if we're not acting out of that love, if in a sculpture we're not doing it with that care, out of no expectation of return, out of communion with the universe, out of love of God, if we're not doing it that way, then nothing will prosper. Fundamentally, deeply prosper. And that includes what we do here. Unless it's all done with a parental mind, unless our religion is kindness, then we build in vain. And there is some relief in that. I find some relief in that because it means that we don't have to force things. We let go into the work of the Spirit. We let go. You know, thy kingdom come. The Lord's Prayer really does say, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so on earth. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forevermore. It just puts it perfectly. That's our place within the universe. And in in being able to say, Thy kingdom come, you let go to that great spirit. And that's not to say we don't put our whole energy into being what we do. We're given these, you know, this one wild and precious life, and we should try absolutely to make the most of it. But when we've done our work, then we step back. Because that, as the Tao says, is the path to serenity. When we've done our work, we step back. And so even in our pursuit of wisdom, in order to see how we should act in our service, we should have our parental mind in action, being kind to ourselves and others in the way that we choose to serve. And next week, we're going to look at some of the opportunities that that might be there for us to put into action, some of the things that we've been doing, some of the things that other people might suggest. So if it comes on, you know, 
anything comes our way, just seeing how your heart moves within that. But be aware just over this week about just treating everything that comes our way with that parental mind, that idea that everything around us is part of our family. Let's pray. So we look out into our world and we see so much of things and people not being treated with the parental mind. We see governments and leaders acting willfully, unkindly, blaming, forcing issues, sacrificing. And we do pray that that parental mind will come into the hearts of our leaders that somehow the world will become a kinder and more loving place. We think of all those who are at the effect of unkindness, people who are in difficulty, who are starving, who don't have medical supplies, in war zones, subject to oppression, in prisons, unjust regimes. We feel for them. We also feel for people in hospital, people ill, people who feel out of control, not able to connect either with their community or with that divine spirit. And we feel for them, like mothers and fathers. Pray for all those who are on the slopes at the moment, people working, ski patrol, working the lifts in restaurants. Pray for the visitors. Pray for safety. And we pray for members of our own uh, community, Pray for Annie Teague, for Mimi Schlumberger, for Isiri Hughes. Pray for Cindy Van Der Veer having tests and surgery. Pray for Alex Coleman in a coma in Los Angeles. Pray for the family of Aaron Truk, whose memorial will be here next month. Could you pray for Erin and Tommy Hessert, whose baby is awake and responding well? Pray for Mimi Hounstein's mother, Mary Lou, and the family on the death of their father, Finn. And all those suffering loss, particularly today, Shelley Franklin, her family on the death of her stepfather, Vern Vaness. We open our hearts to all these people and ask the love of Christ to come into their lives and heal them. Amen.